We have made it to episode number 41 of the Better With Brock podcast. Coming up in the future of the podcast, we'll be having a few more guests, which is going to be very cool. But today we are doing another solo episode where I want to break down rep ranges, different numbers of reps that you do with exercises, and also what sort of exercises suit different rep ranges. And I also got a secret uh, productivity hack that you can take away today and apply very, very easily. Let's get into it. Let's dive into rep ranges. What we know basically around rep ranges are they are the number of repetitions that we do for an exercise. So if we are doing a program and it says do bench press for eight reps, that is the number of times that we do the bench press. That's very simple. That's our understanding. But as a personal trainer, I'm very interested in rep ranges. And as a person that follows programs or a person that works out listening to this podcast, rep ranges aren't just numbers that coaches pick from the sky or numbers that you should go, hmm, what do I feel like doing? I feel like doing 10 today. I'm going to do 10. And then next week, oh, I feel like doing 20 today. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm going to do 20. And then, oh man, today I feel like I'm going to go heavy. So let's go heavy. It's not just something that you want to just do on the fly, make up, oh, I feel like doing this. I feel like doing that. Reps are chosen uh, for a reason. So I want to lay down those reasons. But first of all, I want to explain something about rep ranges that not many people actually understand. And I learned this a few years ago and it's transformed the way I program and uh, the way I look at reps and also the way I look at intensity. Intensity is not just how hard you're training in terms of how you feel like, oh, I train very intense. It actually breaks down into how close are you to failure or what proximity are you in to failure, often best measured in reps and reserve also known as RIR. People often use RPE or rate of perceived exertion, which I use as well. And that's that actually comes from a cardio background. So it's applying it to weights is not the same. But ultimately, rate of perceived exertion is how do you feel when you do it out of 10? Is it a 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10? or 10 out of 10. And before I jump into rep ranges, let's kind of break this down first, because this is very important to understand about intensity with regards to RPE versus RIR. So if we do something at, so let's just go back to the bench press. If we do the bench press and we do eight reps of hundred kilos, that's easy. No jokes. So we do eight reps of hundred kilos and we, we come up after we finish and we go, man, that was a 10 out of 10. Like I gave it my all. That's what you perceived the exertion at. Your reps and reserve though, may not be zero reps and reserve. That may have felt like a 10 out of 10, but physiologically, maybe you could have got one more rep after you finished. So you thought you're at a 10 out of 10, but maybe you weren't completely because you still had a rep and reserve. And often that's the confusion with, with perceived exertion and with reps and reserve. Like reps and reserve is very like, could you get another rep or not? Rate of perceived exertion was like, how do you feel? So there's this kind of um, subjectivity versus objectivity. Like 
how did you feel versus like what was actually real data versus feelings type of thing. And what I've found and what the research actually supports is people don't actually know very well where failure is. People think that it's closer. People think that they're training close to failure. But what I like to say is if I had a gun to your head, could you get any more reps out? If you could get two more reps out, if I had a gun to your head, that was two reps in reserve when you finished that set. But that could have felt like a 10 out of 10 before you got those two more reps when I put the gun to your head. So just be careful when you're thinking of perceived exertion, rates of perceived exertion, RPE versus reps in reserve. So I have taught in the past a 7 out of 10 rate of perceived exertion is similar to three reps in reserve because you're about 70%. And if you're training at 70%, you have around three reps left in the gas tank for the exercise that you're doing. And then if you bump that up and if you train at eight out of 10 or 80%, then you have around two reps in reserve. And then if you take that up again, and if you go train at nine out of 10, then you have a one rep in reserve. And then if you go 10 out of 10 rate of perceived exertion, training as hard as you can to failure, that is equal to zero reps in reserve, having nothing left in the gas tank. And that was the sort of comparison that I, um, that I drew. However, what I just explained is something can feel harder than it really is. I remember I trained a client on the gym floor and he was... Uh, about 40, late 40s, and he was a high position corporate banker. Worked for uh, one of the big four banks in Australia. Very high up job, very stressful, and very like the kind of person that wasn't really into sport growing up, more of an academic, quite uncoordinated. But he trained with me once a week and twice a week, actually, twice a week, he trained with me, and he would train with me, and he he thought that things were much harder than they really were. He was like, <laughs> I remember I had a female client before him and we were doing dumbbell chest press. Ladies, you can do dumbbell chest press just because you don't necessarily want a big chest. Uh, doesn't mean that you shouldn't do dumbbell chest press. It's more of a structural balance thing as opposed to a let's get big pecs type of thing. Doing dumbbell chest press for ladies is not going to give you bigger boobs, uh, but it does keep your body in balance. So keep that in mind. So we were doing like 12.5 or 15 kilo dumbbells for dumbbell chest press. Very impressive for her because she weighed around 40 kilos. So she was pretty strong, very strong. We actually got her very strong. And we were training 12.5 to 15 kilos on the dumbbell bench press. And then I had this next client, the high position corporate banker working for the big four, high stress, um, you know, not super athletic, not very coordinated. And he literally did half the weight. He was doing 7.5 kg and he was like shaking. He was shaking when he was lifting them, not necessarily because he wasn't strong enough, but because he was also not used to having that, that, that feeling of dumbbells in your hands whilst doing dumbbell chest press. And, you know, if you look at it, you've got a, 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 a 40 kilo woman lifting more than a 40 year old man who is much bigger should be much stronger. She was strong. So it like that kind of goes out, like 
you know, obviously the advantage goes to her because she was, you know, more inclined to be stronger because she trained with me for a while, etc. But he should have really been able to do that. But his perception of failure was very, uh, he thought he was very close. And me watching, I was like, man, you, you could do 10 more reps if I had a gun to your head. And I would challenge him and say, can you push more? Can you push more? And he would say, no, that's my limit. And he would stop. With his training in the gym, because I couldn't get him to that position to a two reps in reserve or one rep in reserve or even zero reps in reserve, I couldn't get him there. He was also quite afraid of injury as well. He had some some mental obstacles to overcome that way. With that obstacle that he had of getting close to failure, he was not able to build a significant amount of muscle mass. He went from not training to training, which is already a huge step for someone that never got into training before they worked with me as a personal trainer. So kudos to him. He was lifting weights twice a week from lifting weights zero times per week. And as a kind of late 40s guy that was kind of heading into not his elderly years, but, you know, as he was getting older, he was doing his best to maintain or build whatever, you know, sorry, maintain whatever muscle mass he had or build some muscle mass to take into his older years to help with his anti-fragility as he got older, which is a big, a big marker of your health as you, uh, you know, uh, go into your outer years. You want that bone density to be more solid so you don't, you know, fall over and break a hip or break an arm or, or things like that. So, you know, props to him regardless, but he thought he was training at a nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 RPE, which he probably was, but he wasn't within three reps in reserve at all. I don't think any of his training sessions were, which is why his progress was limited. So that highlights the difference between RPE versus reps and reserve. So I encourage you to try to think of reps and reserve. And when it comes to building muscle, you want to be at least bare minimum three reps and reserve. If you go five reps and reserve and lower. So for example, if you finished a working set of your workout, someone held a gun to your head and you did five or more reps, then you would not be lifting at a high enough intensity to build muscle and get stronger. That's what the research says. So when you are looking at training, keep that in mind with your intensity. RIR is what you want to focus on and you want to be at least three reps in reserve or higher, five or less, and you're not really uh, working that hard. So I wanted to get that out of the way before I dive into, you know, like what rep range is the best and for what, because what I'm about to share with you is pretty eye-opening and it kind of takes the pressure off rep ranges and more on your intensity. So when we are looking at building muscle mass and getting stronger, but mainly building muscle mass, we can build muscle from anywhere between three reps and 30 reps. Let me say that again. You can build reps at any rep range between three and 30. You can do a strength workout, lifting very heavy for three reps and build muscle. You can choose a weight that's lighter that suits the 30 rep range and you can also build muscle that way. 
What matters is not the rep range. What matters is how close you are getting to failure. But listen up here. How you get to failure is going to be very different with three reps and with 30 reps. With 30 reps, you're going to be getting a bit more of a burn because you got more reps to chew through. With three reps, all of those reps are going to be quite hard because you're already at a high enough intensity and you only have to repeat the movement three times. If you have to do it 30 times, I feel like there's going to be some reps in out of that 30 that aren't going to be as... Ah, uh, what's the word? Muscle building, hypertrophy provoking, because you're ha- you're having to do these reps to get in to that proximity of failure, if that makes sense. But if you only do three reps, you're like all of those reps are going to be pretty hard because you only have to do it three times. So within this, you know, what is the best rep range for hypertrophy? Question. I would, I would like. I would challenge the idea that going higher reps is probably not the best idea because out of 30 reps, maybe the last five are going to be really challenging. And then you've just done 25 reps in the name of getting to fatigue for those last five reps to pay off and get close to one to two or three reps in reserve. However, if we come down to the to the lower rep range. It doesn't even have to be three. It can be anywhere like three to five, six, seven, eight. In this like bottom end of the reps, we're not going to have to do as many reps to get close to failure. We already start at a point where we are uh, training pretty hard and lifting a decent weight consistently close enough to failure. So like if you're doing five reps, and you get one to two reps in reserve, all of those reps are going to be relatively hard. I would say the first one, two, maybe even three reps aren't going to be as hard as the last two, but they're still going to be pretty hard. Compared to a rep where we're, uh, a set where we're doing 30 reps, the first, I don't know, 15 to 20 reps are going to feel quite easy because you have to chew through them before you get to those muscle building hypertrophy provoking reps towards the end it kind of lines up with that quote that arnold says like you know you only start the you only start counting the reps when it hurts it's a bro science thing to say but i wouldn't say that it's far from the truth we need to get to those reps where something happens and it's 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 when it when the weight involuntarily slows down so let's look at um Let's look at doing a deadlift. If we're doing a deadlift and we're coming uh, and we're lifting the deadlift with a tempo of 3010, three seconds down, one up. If we're going three seconds down and one up, that's following the tempo. But you want to get to a point where, and this is for building muscle mass, these where the reps involuntarily slow down. So that 3010 tempo which is three seconds down, one up. The intent is still there, but what it realistically might look like is 3020 or 3030, which is like three seconds down, two seconds up, or three seconds down, three seconds up. As you get closer to failure, that explosive concentric rep may slow down, but that is good because that's when we're getting really close to that one to two 
reps in reserve, which is where the muscle building happens. So that's something to consider when you're thinking of rep ranges. It's not necessarily what number you're hitting, it's how close you're getting to failure. And within that, how many reps do you have to do before getting close to those involuntary reps where the bar is involuntarily slowing down? Which poses the next question that I want to introduce to this conversation is like, what what reps are the best for hypertrophy? And there was this chat of the hypertrophy rep range is 8 to 12. People have been saying that for years. And then when people said, oh, no, you can build muscle from anywhere between 3 to 30, people kind of discarded the 8 to 12 hypertrophy rep range. But here's why I think it's not necessarily 8 to 12. I would say, for me, the best rep range, man, I'm going to say somewhere between 4 to 8. Because... It's heavy enough for you to be lifting heavy for a decent amount of reps. Most of those reps are going to be at a high intensity. Um, But it's also light enough that you're kind of getting enough repetitions in there, but not too many reps that you're getting fatigued and not being able to perform and lift heavier weights. Within that low rep range of four to eight, you're still working your strength as well. But if you go to that higher rep range where you're lifting weights between, I don't know, 15 to 30 reps, you're not necessarily um, getting stronger from this perspective. You are um, just building up fatigue in your muscles, getting close to failure, which can build muscle, but you're not necessarily going to get strong. When you sit in this four to eight rep range, you have the ability to build muscle and you have the ability to build strength. Building strength is great. Because if you build strength, then that can carry over to those higher rep ranges. But the higher rep ranges don't necessarily carry over to the lower rep ranges, if that makes sense. That's why I've always kind of been a fan of this lower rep range. And it's quite a challenge to try and sell that to people, like lifting heavy four to eight reps, especially women. It's getting better, trust me. But it was, you know, it kind of used to be, oh, you know, you know, women jump on the treadmill and do cardio and they do the Stairmaster. Thank the Lord that's changed because now they're getting strong. They're squatting, they're deadlifting, they're doing pull-ups, they're doing bench press, they're doing hip thrusts. The whole, you know, strong versus skinny debate is out there. Not saying that I'm taking a side, but I'm very pro-resistance training. Not just for what your body looks like, but for what your body's capable of doing. And as you're getting older, that whole anti-fragility side that I was talking about before to combat sarcopenia, which is muscle degradation as you get older. That's a different conversation for a different day. But I'm very pro this kind of four to eight rep range. And I've always personally felt that I've built the most muscle and looked the best when I have followed a program that kind of sits in that lower rep ranges. I really thrive off like a five by five program. I really thrive off like a four by six program. Uh, When I was a face-to-face personal trainer in uh, Sydney Fitness First Market Street, I did quite a lot of six by six programs, which is quite a lot of volume for the amount of heavy lifting that I did. I'd probably do it different now, probably more four by six, but I'll do six by six. I would do um, descending reps schemes where I would go six six four four two two. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I would also jump into something called wave loading, which is where you could go six four two six four two. That's also very fun. And I found that I got very strong, which was awesome. But I also, 
I also, I also built pretty decent muscle mass and I had this kind of density to me that other people that I was training around didn't really have that followed more of a higher, higher volume, higher volume uh, training program or higher rep program where they would do more sets uh, and reps, but mainly let's just talk about the reps that they were kind of doing higher rep training. So they were still kind of building muscle mass, but they didn't have the strength behind them. And I feel like, and this is me kind of talking bro science. Now I'm going outside of the research. I'm talking anecdote. Now the people that I trained around, the ones that were strong had this kind of density where their muscle mass was just so present. They had that kind of rugby thick league player vibe where the people that lifted weights at a higher rep range that still built muscle had a kind of decent physique, but their muscle mass looked like if they stopped training for a couple of weeks, it would it would, it would would kind of wither away. I don't know what that is. Maybe that's just something that I saw, but I think that that is coming down to that strength and that training those like type two muscle fibers and getting them really strong. I have a high uh, makeup of type two muscle fibers. I think the Maori population, Islanders in general, do, Samoans, Tongans, Fijians, have a lot of uh, type two muscle fibers. So I've, I, I I think I fall into that category as a Maori. Um, so I feel like I thrive under that kind of heavy explosive training. And when I've always done higher rep ranges, I felt like I was almost treading water, not really making progress. I would still look okay, but I never felt like a pump. I never felt like I was making steady progress. I was always just kind of looking forward to heavy lifting. But what I kind of did was have this kind of protocol where I did two strength programs and then one hypertrophy program. And that hypertrophy program was often higher rep. But now uh, I, I, I don't necessarily do it that way, like two low rep programs and then one high rep program. I just kind of um, auto-regulate how my body feels at the time. Jiu-Jitsu throws a spanner into that because <laughs> I'm carrying an injury right now, but it does kind of beat the body up a bit, the elbows, the shoulders, the knees, the legs. Um, but um, heavy lifting can take a toll on the joints. So I feel like you do need to deload from those heavy, heavy, heavy kind of, you know, four to six or even two to six rep ranges for a while and then come back, which is why uh, this is a segue to plug myself, but the Built by Brock eight week challenge. When we do an eight week challenge, we do eight weeks of really intense programming. And then if you stay in Built by Brock, we have this two week challenge prep program where we where we go away from heavy lifting we kind of like exit out of like training close to failure and we do more single leg work we do kind of higher rep work to work on imbalances and to work on deloading the central nervous system so that when we do jump into the next challenge we can smash it with a fresh body and a fresh mind and a fresh perspective and we take the calories up to maintenance too in that time to kind of reset the body i it's, it's not a deload program. It's just where we kind of think about recovery and we optimize it by bringing our calories up to maintenance if we're focusing on fat loss and just kind of hovering here, doing some like single leg work, working on imbalances, working on muscle groups that we maybe potentially don't focus on accessory wise in the challenge. And then we go into the challenge fresh and smash it. So that was um, kind of, I guess, my experience with doing heavy lifting consistently. But 
if you are looking at getting strong and building muscle, I think that kind of four to eight rep range is going to be your friend. Now I want to look at what rep ranges are the best for certain exercises because I do think that certain exercises do lend themselves to different rep ranges and a lot of people get this wrong and don't understand why but let me look at a classic example for you. Let's look at a conventional deadlift or even a sumo deadlift. Have you ever done a deadlift for 15 reps? Ask yourself. I have, personally. And it sucks. And the main reason that it sucks is because of two reasons. The first one is your heart or your lungs, however you want to look at it, gets tired before any muscle group on your body does. Because it's a bloody workout. You... (laughs) The deadlift is like one of the most energy sapping exercises out there. Doing that 15 times in one set with a load that's challenging absolutely smashes you. It really does. So often if you're doing 15 reps, you, you're you not stopping because your muscles are tired or because um, of anything else than the fact that you're absolutely buggered. Like your cardio is getting a workout before the muscles are, which is fine. But if you want to work out cardio, go run, go swim, go bike, go cycle, because that's a more optimal way to do that. If you're going to do deadlifts, bring the rep range down and actually stop when your muscles are telling you when to stop, not your heart, because we're not trying to work that when we're deadlifting. So keep that in mind with deadlift. The first thing that will kind of like screw you up if you do higher reps on a deadlift is your heart or your lungs are going to like give give way first. But the second thing is it's a lot of isometric tension, which just means so so isometric just kind of means like um, something that is stationary and squeezing. Like if you're doing a plank, that's an isometric exercise for your core. It's not moving. Your, your abs aren't going through a range of motion in a plank. They're just kind of squeezing, which is what isometric tension is. And when you're doing a deadlift, your lower back or your erector spinae muscles are in that kind of isometric hold and they're squeezing. And that's fine if you're doing three reps, five reps, eight reps. But if you do 15 reps, they can often fatigue and that can sometimes impact your performance in the deadlift and then your performance throughout the entire workout and then potentially can encourage injury. So with the deadlift, What rep range is going to be the best for that? For me, I would sit somewhere between one and eight because that is when I think we are loading the muscles and our heart and lungs aren't giving away before our target muscles are. Let's look at a squat. We have a similar deal going on with the squat. The squat is a very calorically expensive energy sapping exercise. So if we're going to squat for 15 reps, we have that lower back doing the similar thing. Your erector spinae are isometrically tensing throughout the entire time. So I wouldn't necessarily do squats for 15 reps. The biggest I would go is probably 10, maybe 12, but I really do like those low rep range kind of three two to six squats because we're able to really load up these big muscle groups, the quads, the glutes, which can handle a lot of weight and we're getting them fatigued as opposed to our lungs and our heart. So I do want you to consider what exercises we are doing for what rep ranges. Let's transition 
to a different exercise. Let's look at the face pull where you have the, the cable at about eyebrow height. If you're on YouTube, you can see. If you're listening, you can't see, just imagine. And there's a cable in front of you with a rope on it and you pull the rope to your forehead and your elbows kind of pull back in line with your shoulder blades. That's a standing face pull. If you've ever tried doing that exercise for six reps, you will use a lot of momentum. You will, you will end up having to lean forward a lot at the start of the rep and then lean back a lot at the end of the rep because that exercise is not the best exercise for lifting heavy. However, I do like doing that exercise for somewhere between 10 to 15 to 20 reps because with that exercise, then you're using a lighter weight so you don't have to lean forward and lean back as you lift the weight, but you can also kind of focus on getting that burn with that exercise, getting close to failure, getting close to that reps in reserve. But I think doing that via higher reps is more effective than doing it via low reps. Just for the face pull in this example, uh, let's look at doing a bicep curl, um, like a barbell bicep, a, a barbell bicep curl. I think is a great exercise to go heavy and get the biceps really challenged with heavy weight. So barbell bicep curl for four reps, hell yeah, you can. Six reps, eight reps, ten reps, twelve reps. I'm a big fan. I do think going higher than that. 15 to 20, once again, for this specific exercise, which is kind of like the squat of the bicep curls, uh, I, I wouldn't say that is particularly fruitful and I would prefer to sit at that lighter, uh, sorry, that lower rep range. That's not to say doing high rep barbell bicep curls is not a possible option. It definitely is and maybe it will work, but I just think the lower one would work. However, if we went to the cables and we did a low pulley bicep curl, where we're kind of facing into the cables and we're curling in. I don't think four to six reps would be very good with that because once again, it's not very stable. So you could put on a slightly lighter load where you could get somewhere between 10 to 20 reps. And I think that's going to be a better use of your time for that exercise. So as you can see, different rep ranges are better for different exercises. Sometimes exercises just don't lend themselves to doing like heavy reps. And some exercises don't lend themselves to doing a ton of reps. Okay, let's look at a bench press. We can do this kind of lower end heavy work on the bench press. And you can also do higher rep work on the bench press too. But I don't feel like you're reaping all the benefits if you're doing like high rep 20 to 30 rep bench press when you can get that sort of uh, rep range from doing something like cable chest flies, incline cable chest flies, decline cable chest flies. Because with those exercises, you can't necessarily do four to six reps. You kind of can, but once again, I feel like with certain exercises, you're doing kind of more potential damage to ligaments and connective tissues between muscles uh, than you are working out any muscle groups. Uh, let's look at more exercises. Um, I think the leg press is a bit of a hybrid. I, I, I do go low, low reps sometimes on leg press, but I would prefer to do it on the squat. I go high reps on the leg press and I actually really like that option 
because if you're doing high reps on the leg press, that's kind of like you're doing it on the squat. But with the squat, your lower back is loaded the entire time. So you get that isometric tension where you can injure your lower back or just get like really strong discomfort. But with a leg press, your lower back is not loaded. You're not standing up, you're seated and the weight's coming down onto you. So you can get 20 reps, 30 reps with a similar movement pattern of a squat but the benefit of higher reps and go into complete failure. And then on the leg press, it's very convenient to do drop sets as well. So you can, you know, really kind of work up and get this like filthy pump and get more reps in and get closer to fatigue. That way, once again, that one to two reps in reserve is what we're focusing on, not necessarily the magic number of reps that we're doing. But I feel like instead of going, I'm putting... Oh, Brock said that the best rep range for building muscle is anywhere between four to eight. So every exercise I'm doing, I'm doing four to eight reps. Look, it's not a bad idea. But some exercises, they just don't fit that four to eight category. And that's where you can kind of like change it. Especially when we look at like body weight exercises, uh, like push-ups, doing four to eight push-ups, it's not going to be that hard. If you're just learning push-ups, it might be. If you just got your first push-up, congratulations. But if you're trying to get a workout, four to eight push-ups is not going to be a very good deal for your chest, triceps, and shoulders. But four to eight reps on a bench press is. Four to eight reps with dumbbell chest press is also. Uh, four to eight reps on a chest press machine, yeah, that's good. But with that kind of push-up, you want to get that higher rep range to get closer to failure. And... Um, that's going to suit that exercise even more so. And then there's things like warm-ups. With warm-ups, you know, the goal isn't to build muscle, it's to prepare yourself for the movement. So so when you are, oh, let me just turn that off. Uh, sorry, my wife just tried to FaceTime me. Um, so with the exercises, different rep ranges do matter. With warm-ups, as I was touching on, the goal is not to build muscle. So the goal is to get like blood into the muscle and to get that body warmed up to that specific movement that you're going to go into. So with warm-ups, you don't have to think, oh, Brock said four to eight is the most optimal rep range in the world. I'm only doing four to eight. With warm-ups, you can still do 20 reps. You can still do 10 each side. You can do um, different options for whatever exercise you're warming up for. Let me give you an example for what I did the other day because I'm posting my full workout on YouTube very soon. It's an upper body workout where I just finished last week my 5x5 five five program that I was doing to get stronger. And for I, I was doing incline bench press. And with my incline bench press, before I did a working set, I did two sets of 10 each side of cable external rotator cuff to get my rotator cuffs warm for the bench press because I don't want to get injured and I also want them to be able to handle the heavy weight that I'm about to lift. So I did two sets of 10 each side. And then I did my first uh, warm-up sets of that exercise. And I have a saying that you, like, you know, you're never too strong to warm up with the bar. So with the incline bench press, even though I was about to do 120 kilos for five by five, I warmed up with the bar, which is 20 kilos, and I did about 15 to 20 reps because I'm trying to get this, this movement pattern warm for me to lift incredibly heavy. So I did 20, 15 to 20 reps on the bar. Then I put 70, uh, 225 plates on, so that was 70 kilos. And I think I did about 10 reps on that. 
I did 10 reps. And then after that, I put on, uh, what did I put on? Oh, I put on another 15 plate each side. So I got to 100. And then I did eight reps of 100, I think. And then I moved it up to 110. And I did, f- no, 100 kilos. I did five reps. And then I did 110 kilos, which is only 10 kilos away from my first working set. And I only did that for three reps. And then I went into my first working set of 120 and I did five sets of five and I successfully nailed all my sets. But see, so for warm-ups, rep ranges kind of play a different role. So it's not really, um, oh, I do four to eight because, you know, that's the perfect reps that Brock said to do. Don't do that. Warm-ups are different. Uh, warm downs are different. If you do warm downs, stretching is different. Uh, dynamic stretches are different. I'm strictly talking about building muscle and doing exercises in a gym or training at home to transform your body with strength and also with building muscle. And I've, I've just found through reading research, through training a lot of people, through training myself almost every day, that that four to eight rep range, if you can get there, get there. Because that's going to be one of the most, hmm, what do I, what's the word? I guess bang for buck ways of training, four to eight. Women, don't be scared of lifting heavy. It's not going to make you bulky. It's just going to get you a return in the gym. Guys, really embrace lifting heavy too. Um, I do want to encourage you not to be fearful of injury, even though it is... Look, risk of injury does go up when we do lift heavier. So I do want you to be aware of that. But when you prioritize your form, never, never, never at the expense of the amount of weight that you're lifting, then it's always going to be safe. Training in the gym is pretty safe. Like training in sports, much more dangerous, much more dangerous. So many more people get injured in sport than they do in the gym. Trust me. I'm not just saying, trust me, uh, there is research on that. Um, like bodybuilding is actually relatively safe in terms of lifting weights. Like people get injured more so in sports like soccer or football. And um, like even in jujitsu, if you've been doing jujitsu for a while, I've been doing it for almost two years coming up soon. Um, you get injured a lot. I'm harboring a right knee injury. I have a grade one tear in my lateral collateral in my knee. Um, it's slowly getting better. Um, but I never got injured before I started jujitsu. I was always 100% healthy. Body was working uh, a million percent optimally. Um, but now I'm 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 moving in different planes of movement. I'm working with other human bodies that are alive. Um, but to come back to you training in the gym, don't be fearful of getting injured. I I really want you to embrace that kind of heavier rep range. But embrace it. But never 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 at the expense of lifting too heavy for what you're for what your body and your current strength capacity can handle. Okay, so if you're doing a squat and you can squat nice and sexy ass the grass with 100, but then you're like, oh, but if I do 110, I can do it, but I just like squat halfway. Don't do that. That's not an intelligent way to program. Keep the same form, put the weight on. We don't change our technique to fit a certain weight. We change the weight to fit our technique. And if we get a weight and we feel like we try to go heavier, but then we compromise form, we stop and we go, okay, maybe I can get that next week. But don't continue to try and push through. That's where we get into bad habits and bad habits get you in big trouble. 
bad habits cause bad injuries, let's say. So keep that in mind. Be careful, but be courageous at the same time. There's this balance of be smart, but take a risk because that those challenging reps, as I said before, those involuntary reps that are slow where your muscles are like, oh, I'm going to have to recruit more motor units to get the weight up. That's where we build muscle. And that's where we want to hang out for majority of our programs. Hopefully that helps in terms of rep ranges. If you have any questions, please fire them through, put them in the comment section or send them through to team at teambrockashby.com. I do want to end this podcast on something that you can take away, which is a productivity hack of a, like, it's like a kitchen timer. You can use your phone if you want to. I don't use my phone because I'm usually using it to work, but I just bought like this thing of Amazon and it's a, like, it's a kitchen clock and it's magnetic. So I put it on the whiteboard above where I work and I put 15 minutes on or however long the task that I'm doing, I think is going to take, I put it on and then I go. And it's like a race against the clock. And I find that this is such a productivity hack because when you have a lot to do, it's easy just to get overwhelmed and just sit around and do nothing or contemplate and think of what you're going to do. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Uh, Oh, nah, better not. And then you just end up scrolling on your phone for like five minutes and then you come back, okay, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then someone calls you, then you're on the phone and then you're like, oh, I'm on the phone, so... I'm back on Instagram and then you're like, you're kind of like bouncing back and forward. I feel like when you have this timer, you create this fake deadline or this real deadline, but to a fake schedule that you're kind of applying to yourself. And you're like saying, I'm giving this 10 minutes. I'm giving this 20 minutes. I'm giving this two hours. You can time it. You can twist it for as long. It goes up to 99 minutes. Um, I've only used it to go up to like 15 to 20 minutes or 30 minutes for the different tasks that I'm doing. Like I'll sit down and say, all right, I'm going to take 30 minutes to empty my emails. Let's go bang. Um, if I'm writing my daily email, uh, or, or sorry, my uh, my motivational emails where I send out three a week, if you want to sign up, the link's in the description. Um, if I'm writing them, I, I, I could sit around all day and think about what to say, but I need to create a amount of time that I'm going to dedicate to it or else I'll just take forever. So, all right, this one's taking me 15 minutes today. Bang, go. So I'm sitting there typing and I'm, and and I'm focused. I feel like this is a productivity hack, which is going to help me to be more effective with my time, but also I think it can help you as well. So I just wanted to share that. It's just something that I've started, um, as of uh, maybe three or four days ago. And if you feel like that will help you, uh, then I think you should get one. I got it off Amazon. You can use your phone. As I said, you can maybe put a timer on somewhere else. Uh, But I like it that I have to like push it, turn it, bang, go. And it like counts down in front of me. And it gives me this kind of like false sense of pressure. It's like if you have an exam that's six months away, you're not going to study for it until maybe (laughs) six days away. Um, But if you had like a timer counting down in front of you, for that whole six months, it would be at the front of your mind and you'll be like, oh man, I've only got this amount of time. So you would watch, like like you would be prepared, you would come correct, you would do the amount of work possible because you just have that awareness of something. That's all it is. It's that awareness that you need 
to really stay focused. And if you don't have that awareness, if you don't have that deadline, then there's no one kind of telling you things to do. It's easy, especially when you work for yourself or if you're doing something that's only guided by you and no one's overseeing you, it's really easy to let yourself down. This is what I found out. It's really easy to let yourself down because no one gets impacted, only you. And if you let yourself down, no one will know. And this clock that you have is kind of like a manager or a supervisor watching over you, kind of pestering you, annoying you. But it's good. It gets, it helps you get shit done. And I'd, I'd, I'd really recommend trying it. I'm, I'm loving it. Obviously, I don't put it on for something like this, like the podcast, but for things that I think need time to do, I will do it. It's like a rest period. If you don't time your rest period, it's very unlikely that you're going to rest for that amount of time. You're most probably going to open your phone. You're going to be watching people's stories for five minutes and then you're going to go, shit, I rested too long. But if you time your rest period, that's a different story, man. You're going to stick to it. You're going to feel the vibration on your watch and you're going to go, bang, I'm going in. You've kept accountable. You've had like a supervisor kind of floating over over you on top of your shoulder saying, hey, mate, let's go. It's like (laughs) with face-to-face personal training, once again, in rest periods, right? I chat to my clients. I don't sit around and tell them my life story. I like to walk as well to help get them help to get their steps up their physical activity levels because often they work sedentary jobs. So we walk around and often when we're walking around, we'll talk. Maybe they're talking about their weekend. Maybe they're asking me about my life. Maybe they're asking me about supplements. Maybe they're asking me about why is the program like this, Brock? And I'm explaining it as I'm walking. La 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 la. But then they could just keep talking forever and we could have a rest period of 10 minutes. But what I would say when I feel my watch go off and the rest is up, I'll say, tell me after, let's not talk throughout the set, let's go. And then bang, that's kind of what this timer is doing. It's like a personal trainer in your ear saying, all right, shut up now, go and do your work. And it's really helped me and I hope it really helps you. Guys, that is episode number 41 of the Better With Brock podcast. We have some more guests coming up soon. Uh, I do enjoy these uh, solo podcasts. If you do enjoy them, please uh, leave me some nice reviews on whatever podcast platform that you use. I got this whole studio now so I can have people in. I've got the lighting. I've got the camera. I've got the mic. I've got the LED lights. I've got all the programs and everything. So looking forward to really growing this and getting some uh, interesting guests on, having some good conversations and bringing some value to you. So yeah, that's it. See ya.